and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. Today I would like to talk about being deceived. Uh, this springs from a message I did a couple of Sundays ago uh, on the last line of the Lord's Prayer where we pray, lead us not to temptation but deliver us from the evil one. And one of the emphases of the message was the evil one functions through deception. And we looked at Genesis chapter 3 and how, uh, you know, this, between the serpent and the woman, there was this devastating dialogue that began with a question that questioned God's word and led to a misrepresentation of God's word on Eve's end, which led to a flat denial of God's word from the serpent, which led to uh, eat the eating of the fruit. And so I've just been thinking about something in particular that I didn't really get a chance to emphasize in the message. And this is um, the command that comes up a couple times in scripture to not be deceived. So there's two times in particular that I want to look at, one from Galatians and one from 1 Corinthians. And uh, just this, this idea of being commanded to not be deceived. Well, the, the terrible thing about being deceived is that you think you're right. Nobody goes into being deceived because they think that they're getting deceived. Sometimes people will go along with something that they think is not true for kind of an ulterior motive. It could be uh, to make people happy or they think that some good will come out of the lie or something like that. They they know it's not completely true. They know they're not participating with 100% truthfulness, but there's some kind of motive like, well, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal or it was going to cost me too much to say something or I would be afraid to say something. Um, this, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being genuinely deceived where you think you're believing the truth, and yet God's word calls you to not be deceived. So how do you live that out? How does that work? Well, it works by having anchor points. It works by having truth given to you that you use to evaluate what you believe, what you think, and what you're doing. That's the only way to kind of get disabused of deception, to get the truth coming to your mind, is to know that there's something more truthful out there that evaluates what you think and what you believe. And that is really the point of God's gift of Scripture. He gives us the Bible so that we know his story, so that we know who he is by what he said and what he's done. We know who we are by um, his his story of how he made us and how he has worked in human history, um, which is fantastic. But it also, the scripture is true. That's the thing that makes it trustworthy and have authority in our lives. It's true. It's not deceived. It's not deceiving or deceived. It doesn't tell you a lie. It doesn't believe a lie. The scriptures are true and therefore they're trustworthy and carry authority. When um, the truth in any situation kind of demands a proper response. That's why we have trials when someone's done a crime and uh, they kind of deny it. There's a trial to determine what's true. And once the truth has been determined, trusting that the trial did a good job, there's a necessary response. You know, if, if it means that the person is uh, had truly done the crime, they don't just get to walk away. The necessary response is some kind of conviction and some kind of punishment. However, if the truth is that the person is not guilty, then you can't just throw them in jail for no reason. The truth requires that they be set free. And so all truth comes with kind of an obligation. All truth 
carries a kind of authority to demand a proper response to the truth. And so here is a book full of truth that requires a response because it's God's word. And in this word, there's a couple of times where the Apostle Paul writes, he he calls the Christians and commands the Christians to not be deceived. And so I just want to look at these two times where it happens and look in particular how we're being called to not be deceived. Let's start with Galatians. It's near the end of the letter. It's in chapter 5. And Paul says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, from his flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So this is um, Paul's command to this church. And I think because the command is there, he is seeing or worried that they're going, they don't believe this. They're deceived. They think I can reap to the flesh. I can reap to empty religion. I can reap to a life not based on faith in Jesus Christ. I can, I can uh, just get away with these kinds of um, unbelief and it'll never catch up with me. Paul wants to rescue them from that deception. He says, you need to know the truth. A person reaps what they sow. What they put in the ground, that kind of plant comes up. If you put corn into the ground, you don't get a wheat harvest. If you put tomato bushes, tomato plants into your garden, you shouldn't expect um, you know, a gigantic pea pod to come out. There's, there's a continuity. What you work towards, that's what you get, even with God. And so what he's saying here is if you sow towards the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, if you work towards the Spirit, from the Spirit of God, you will reap eternal life. You've got to live in the Spirit. Alternatively, if you live to the flesh, and the flesh in context means um, a worldview and a lifestyle like Christ isn't real, like Christ isn't Lord, like Christ has never been raised from the dead, um, kind of doing your own thing. And it wasn't just a full-scale jumping into evil in this case. It was just um, turning to shallow religion, turning to circumcision to be right with God, which when done by faith by a Jew is is okay, but when Gentiles are pursuing it as a way of not having to just fully rely on Jesus, it's deadly. And so he's saying God is not mocked. We live in a world where God never has a fast one pulled on him. We live in a world where God cannot be tricked. God cannot have the wool pull over his eyes. And there's never a moment in your day where you can do something that God doesn't know about and isn't watching. So God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. Every moment of your life is before the Lord. And if you're living to please the Lord through the Holy Spirit, you will reap a huge and wonderful harvest forever. However, if you're living a life of unbelief, um, there are serious consequences. You'll reap corruption, you'll reap destruction. So that's the first area or the first instance that I want to talk about of Paul just commanding the church, don't be deceived. The other one is from 1 Corinthians. And in this section here, Paul is confronting a church that has all kinds of practices in it that don't line up with gospel. They don't line up with trusting Jesus. They don't line up with loving the church. They don't line up with humility. They don't line up with purity. And so he says to them, do you not know, this is chapter six, starting verse nine, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunken, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 
And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of God. What's going on here? Well, he's saying, there is a kind of person who thinks, because I've been baptized, because I've prayed a prayer, I can now do whatever I want with with impunity, with no consequences. Um, I can now just live however I want, make the choices where I want, and I'm going to go to heaven. And Paul says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. If your life is characterized by unrighteousness, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And then he lists a variety of different ways. And I think these this list is thoughtful towards the Corinthian church. These are the kinds of things they would be tempted to continue to do as Christians and approve of and not resist by faith and not try to get free and walk in holiness. So he says, don't be deceived. And this is timely for us as Christians because we can feel that same pressure that the Corinthians had to just um, ignore what's going on in people's lives and say, you know what, they've prayed the prayer, they've, they go to church regularly, it'll be okay. There's lots of grace for that kind of stuff. And Paul is confronting them and saying, hold on, wait a second. Um, if this is who you are deep down, if, if the Christianity stuff is just the shell on the outside, but on the inside, it's a life of unrighteousness. It's on the inside, you're not really connected with Jesus and following with Jesus, and it's not coming out. And we have a big problem. And a devastating problem. Um, on the other hand, if on the inside is the life of Christ that is growing out and it's leading you to a life of um, of confessing that sin is wrong, of wanting to change, and of wanting help from God and to walk with other people in it, then this is a new life. You're um, sanctified in Christ. You're justified through Christ and the Holy Spirit. You're washed. So he's saying the, the big issue is a heart issue of faith. Who are you really deep down? Um, if really deep down you love unrighteousness, it's not going to work out okay. You can't fool God here. Don't be deceived. But if you're a Christian, then remember, deep down you're justified. Deep down you're sanctified. Deep down you're washed. And so resist these things and walk out of these things and get help to get free of these things because they're not who you are anymore. And so I just see in these two passages, just this command, don't be deceived. Look at your life, look at what you're doing, look at your heart, and be honest about what's really there. And if deep down you don't want Jesus, then something's got to change because you can't trick God. But deep down, if you want Jesus, if you're looking to him, if you trust him, then walk in the light and get free and ask God for help and walk with brothers and sisters to get free from stuff. So two instances where the scripture calls us as Christians to not be deceived and to instead evaluate our lives, evaluate our hearts by the truth of the Holy Scripture and to respond accordingly. It's the Midweeks. I'm Pastor Rob. 